0: Hello, this is Nilla Varman and you're listening to The Nilla Extract, the official show where I talk about pressing issues such as body acceptance, mental health, climate change, race and so much more, with some pretty cool music and some pretty cool guests too. Hello everyone, my name is Nilla and welcome back to The Nilla Extract. Thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh, I think we're almost at our 50th show, 50th episode. Oh my gosh. I mean, I don't even want to think about it because it feels like I just started the show yesterday, but now I realize that it's almost been two years and I feel like if I'm going to talk about it, I won't stop. (laughs) It is still hot outside, you know, um, I've been back from Chennai for about two weeks now and um, it really honestly feels like I haven't left, but... I mean, we've had a full heat wave. It was about 40 degrees in London. We were having an umbrella. We weren't allowed outside. I still went outside anyway because I needed some groceries. But um, yeah, honestly, I couldn't even make it outside. It was so hot and the wind was hot. And I'd honestly never experienced the, the United Kingdom like this my whole life. I um, mean, it was crazy. And some people were just like oh it's just a bit of sun like you know what's what's the big deal it's just a bit of sun it's not just a bit of sun (laughs) you know why it just brings to the question of why this european heat wave is so scary you know climate change is pushing temperatures to levels previously considered unfathomable you know, faster than many of us can imagine, including myself. I mean, for two weeks, computer models apparently had teased the possibility of Britain reaching about 40 degrees Celsius, which for my American audience or people who know weather in Fahrenheit is about 104 degrees Fahrenheit this week. And, you know, this level has apparently been unsurpassed since at least 1850 or for more than 6,000 years or something like that. And it's just, oh my gosh, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, a lot of people are just like, Oh, well, it's just heat, it's it's just, you know, it will pass and but it's more likely that we're gonna continue having heat waves like this from now on. You know, this is the latest example of how human caused climate change is pushing temperatures to levels previously, again, considered unfathomable. And um yeah, and it's <laughs> I think it's really scary. I think it's shocking and terrifying that i went out today and i mean it's 27 degrees i guess that's kind of british summer but 40 like i feel like if gas emissions and you know if policies aren't put into place then temperatures in the uk could eventually get this hot more often than we want it to and this was this was too much you know the runway was melting the tube track caught on fire like clearly we're not built for this you know what i mean it's um it's absolutely crazy because the UK has broken essentially every temperature record there is to break by considerable margins over that past 24 hours when, um, well, those 24 hours when we had that heat wave. And it's astonishing and extremely dangerous because, you know, it's eerily similar to the Northwest Pacific back in, you know, June 2021. I don't know, I did a, quite a bit of research on this and scared myself, frankly. I have a lot of eco-anxiety, I fear. Um, you know, I enjoy talking to many guests on the show and we talk about climate change and we talk about important things but it all also sometimes i do spiral and, and we do talk about this with my guests you know these incredible climate activists they do share how they um manage their climate anxiety you know they talk about this every day and even though there's these abnormal record shattering heat waves in europe i just uh I, some people just are getting the message it's not summer it's not normal summer weather it's extreme and dangerous and essentially we have made it worse (laughs) now on a lighter note um (laughs) it is summer still it's summer and I'm coming towards the end of my degree which is absolutely crazy I feel like I moved to London just like last week but it's been almost a year now which uh no, it's ugh, surely not. Oh, my God. But uh, something that I absolutely love about the summer, and I always talk about this in the show, is the smell of grass. I love grass. Oh, my gosh. I just remember during the heat wave, the grass downstairs um, in my accommodation, completely gone. Like, it was burnt. Like, I went to the countryside the week after. All of the grass was yellow and just burnt. And it was, oh, my gosh. I've never seen it like that. Anyway, I love the smell of freshly cut grass. I love it, when people water the grass, I think it just reminds me of my appa and my amma and my brother. And uh, it just reminds me of good summer evenings and funny stories. And at the same time, that relief rain that comes, you know, at the end of a hot day, that petrichor that comes, the smell of mud. I always get reminded of, um, you know, sitting in Kanjipuram um, in my grandma's house. She has a massive, like, patio kind of thing in front of the house like a gate surrounding it and uh, we sit there when the rain comes and we just we just sit there in silence and just listen and embrace it and I don't know it's like a it's like a stress relief like how there's relief rain it's like a relief for us to watch and listen and smell the rain and when I was in uh, Chennai this time I did what I always do and that's making paper boats with uh, my brother um with newspapers and uh my great grandpa actually taught me how to make paper boats um a long long time ago he actually is a very interesting person he's <laughs> my brother and my dad and i were talking about this and the man's seen everything i think he was born in the early 1900s and he lived till i was about eight and it's just crazy like man's seen everything okay like he went through like two wars three wars Three wars, independence, Republic Day, like I don't know, colonization. Oh my god! And then, then technology and TVs and black and white TV turning to color. And then I don't know. He went through so much stuff, <laughs> honestly. Um, but um, yeah, we all loved him. My dad, my dad always tells me that you know they loved him and they were scared of him at the same time. He was like the head of the family, uh, naina tata. And uh, it's it's interesting because like I don't I was also like very young um, when I used to chill with him when I came to India like I only remembered bits uh, and all the stuff I remember is that he had a beautiful voice and he always used to sing when I used to go round and uh, I obviously sing Carnatic so I used to sing to him as well and I remember that vaguely and uh, the second thing I always remember is that like. This is, this is like, you know, this man who everyone was like kind of scared of. Like, you know, he's, he's like the head of the family, but he's a big softy you know? So I remember, I remember so vividly, it's just chucking it down with rain and he's sitting there inside with all of his like sons (laughs) and all of his, uh, you know, talking about family business and things. And I'm bored and it's raining and he just comes out with an umbrella and teaches me how to fold, um paper boats and then we went out into the street and he just held the umbrella as I just sat there releasing them one by one into the street because the whole street just floods with water and it's (sighs) so fun oh my god it was so fun and I got completely drenched and Rob got into the fun this time and my mum made some boats and I made some boats and my brother just you know, use the boats that I made. <laughs> but it's something that I, I love. And I always think about it when it's been a really hot day, and there's finally a bit of rain. It just like that smell, it just brings me back to I don't know where, but it's just it's so pleasant. Another thing, which is, I don't know if I'm using this word right quintessential, but quintessentially summary to me is uh, my mum's apron. mum's apron. I don't know, it's just something that I when I picture somewhere, I just see flashes of it. And it's not, it wasn't even my mum's, like she, my dad would wear it sometimes, but it was like a staple of my childhood. It was patterned with all things, lots of words like yummy, scrummy, there's <laughs> this black apron. Um, and she had another one as well, but he used to wear that one. As uh, My dad used to wear that one when he was barbecuing. Um, and I don't know, when I just, when I just smell summery things or just smell biryani or like sometimes... I always talk to my dad about this but like in the middle of the night you you think someone's calling your name or someone's cooking in the kitchen it's it's weird like I think it's happened it happens to me when I'm tired but for me it's always like I hear my mum calling my name from the kitchen and then I'm like uh no she's not even in the same country as you but um yeah and I always used to go bother her in the kitchen even when I got older I just sit underneath the countertop which isn't very safe <laughs> but I'd sit underneath the gap between like the stove and the it near the fridge and i just sit underneath it and watch her chop vegetables and just not talk really and just stare her. <laughs> um but yeah i i think i um yeah i miss that i miss i think i got very used to uh staying with my parents for the past month and then suddenly when you're back to uni and everything's really quiet again you know one thing i did realize that happened more than uh, literally like when I was eight years old, I don't know why that was such a significant age for me, <laughs> but uh something something reminded me of it, and i I don't know what they're called, but they're ice lollies made out of lemon juice, so I think they're maybe just called lemon ice or something like that lemon lemon ice <laughs> a lemon ice lolly. you know what i'm I'm literally googling it as we speak. okay, they're called whites. Yeah, the whites. Premium lemon ice lollies. Lemonade. I love lemonade. But anyway, I saw some family buying all of their kids those the other day, and it just instantly took me back to when I was in year two. And uh, a lot of people don't know this about me, but I essentially broke my finger. I don't know. I don't know if I'd call it broke, but it's like. It's an odd shape now, let's say. Uh, Basically, we were playing in the garden with some uh, family friends of ours, and uh, it was around the time of the Olympics, so we wanted to recreate that in the garden, as you do. And we had a massive uh, recliner chair. I mean, trigger warning to anyone who's listening, if you don't want to hear the the grotesque details of my finger horror story. But essentially, um, we tried to fold the uh, recliner chair to make it into a vault, because we wanted to play vault um just as i was doing that my family friend oh she made me carry the chair to the other right, side of my garden and uh before she could see she i guess she closed the chair without seeing that my finger was still trapped inside the mechanism so uh i run to my mum and dad being like oh my god my finger's bleeding and my bones like chopped off ah. And um, I think my mom just went, oh, look at you now. I knew you'd get hurt. And I was like, oh, my God, are you kidding? Like, look at the blood, bro. Like, treat me. Um, And so, yeah, I I never got stitches for it. I have a massive, like, cutty thing. It's not massive anymore. I used to think it was massive. It's like this, I don't know, my my whole finger's a bit weirdly shaped. But essentially, I never went to hospital for it. My dad treated me in the bathtub. He kind of just stuck it together and put a massive, big, fat, like bandage around it and um I think a week or so later my friend Holly at school, her mum's um a nurse and she's really lovely. Her name's Charlotte. Shout out to them. I don't know why. Um but she came over to my house and spent like an hour undoing the uh, bandage that my dad did on my finger and she like replaced all of my dressings and everything. And I just remember like having this big fat band aid. Like it was huge, big fat dressing. And because of that I couldn't do any work at school and then the summer holidays came round I remember going to the ice cream truck to get an ice lolly because I don't really like ice cream. And the guy saw my finger and he was like, do you know what? You just take it for free, okay? And I was like, oh, okay. I don't know. I know that was a long-winded story, but I really did enjoy just not doing maths and I was just doing puzzles at school all the time until the teachers figured out I could talk. So uh, then I had to do maths again and they just asked me... <sighs> they'd ask me to, like, talk. Like, say my answers. It was disgusting. Um, anyway... I am <laughs> I uh I just enjoyed talking about my whole life there um but yeah it's still the summer it's golden hour as I record this and I'm really really excited for this episode we have someone incredible on it is still South Asian heritage month this month and what, what better way to celebrate South Asian Heritage Month than inviting someone who's honestly paving the way for so many change makers and so many activists and so many young people who are trying to find their way in society and uh, I'm really 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 excited to introduce Alex Matthew to you and uh, he's also known as Maya the drag queen who is considered as the first drag queen in India. I don't even know where to start about Alex. Alex is incredible so without further ado i will leave you with a lovely summary song and uh, we'll be right back after the break with the lovely alex matthew otherwise known as maya the drag queen enjoy gotta go to the bathroom
1: so here's a long song
0: alex welcome to the Nilla extract thank you so much for being here it is honestly an honor to have you how the hell are you?
1: <laughs> I'm doing great, and I'm so happy, and thank you so much for this opportunity to be part of the show. Because I have been following your updates on Instagram, and it's going great. Um, so I'm really honored to be part of the show. And uh, it, like I, you know, you know me. I think I've told you about. I don't have to tell everything about me. I'm pretty sure. Let the listeners listen to my journey and let them understand who I am
0: and what do I do yeah absolutely I mean I'm still in shock that Alex freaking Matthew knows who I am so I'm just gonna like go and digest that somewhere um (laughs) but I mean you and I were just uh you and I were just talking about like I don't know. We have so many similarities in terms of culture because you're from Kerala and like my family's from Chennai. And like, I just feel like I've known you for ages, which is always a, it's a bonus.
1: <laughs> yeah. we, uh, like, I, I mean, I don't know if you've seen the CD. So it's called, As hand with the E. Uh, it's hmm. a Netflix show. I've heard of so it. So she, she keeps saying uh, to people who are like really connected. She's like, we are kindred, kindred spirits. So we are like that. <laughs> we are like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure our ancestors must have bumped into each other at oh, some yeah. point. They
0: definitely would have had, like, tea tea time or something. <laughs> tea, yeah. tea curry. Yeah. Yes,
1: <laughs> ultimate. <So laughs> now, forward, oh, yeah, yeah,
0: definitely. I mean, for, for those who don't know you yet, and if they don't, please, please go and follow Alex on everything. But you are the longest performing drag queen in India. I mean that's first of all congratulations that's incredible um for those who don't know when did this all start for you what's your journey been like and how have you gotten to where you are right now sitting on a chair talking to me
1: <laughs> so uh, like my journey as a drag queen started in september 2014 but before that um i'm i am uh like like innerly a uh, big theater kid at heart like the I think the first like not first movies but something that I really connected to what my mother was like um when I was studying school she was like if you need to um you need to complete your homework because I've got a surprise for you and we were like oh my god what is a surprise you know you know how as kids we get really excited yeah and the thing that she showed us was a dvd of sound music amazing so, iconic so, <laughs> so I was like Okay, what is this about? Like, you know, and I just fell in love with uh, Julie Andrews and, you know, the whole, yeah, everything. So it was a start of watching this musical. I was like, I need to be in theater. I don't know how, I don't know in what way, but I have to be in theater. And that is when, you know, I started like performing in various places and in Bangalore when I came, um, like, I moved in here. Um, it is really hard to break into the theatre circle, and they were started. They started coding me, saying, "Oh, you got this very feminine feel that won't go well with the main uh, character role, um, and you got a very thick Malu accent, which is, you know, if you give me six months, I can utilize it." And I'm like, so I, don't yeah. <laughs> "I don't see this as problems."
0: Yeah. What <laughs> kind of? Oh my gosh. Okay. Mm.
1: And you know it it maybe stepped back and I started watching movies. And that's me. Like, a lot of people, they do painting, they walk on in a park, or, uh, you know, like they read. But for me, it's watching movies and series. That's my go-to inspiration. And uh, the movie that I saw was Mrs. Darkfire.
0: Oh, where, amazing.
1: <laughs> yeah, where Robin Williams is being a hip old granny and, uh, you know, going and taking care of his own children. Um, so, I was like, if Robin Williams can do drag, I can do drag too, and that is how the thought behind Maya Ma or Maya the drag queen started. So uh, when I started it, uh, it was not like as a you know like this idea just came in you know one fine day and I just started with it. It was a lot of research. So I started like checking if there are any drag queens in India. And I came across one drag queen, and she's no more. Um, her name is Queenie Harish. Uh, she was a Rajasthani folk uh, dance, like a, a you know drag queen. Um, and I reached out to her and said, "Hey, I would like to meet you and get to know more about drag as an art form." And she was like, "Oh yeah, sure. You can come to Jaisal Nair and learn it from me." And I'm like, "I'm not gonna travel all the way from <laughs> <here> to Bangalore <laughs> to Jaisal Nair just to learn it." And back then we didn't have like, you know, WhatsApp video, video calling and, you know, Zoom calls and all of that. So it was very difficult. So then I was like, you know what, internet is where I'm going to study. And I started like, you know, researching about other drag queens. And I came across a famous drag queen who was from Australia, but made made it uh, huge in UK. And her name is uh, Dame Edna. Mm. So... So I know about her. I was like, oh my God, she's huge. Um, and then from there, I went to US and I found out RuPaul and RuPaul's Drag Race. Of course. Um, and then the D-Day came when, you know, I told someone that I'm going to perform uh, in drag uh, in a queer event. And they were like, yeah, so, you know, do all your preparations and all that. And I was like, oh my God, I don't have any drag clothes. I don't have anything. So that's when I looked at my mom and I said, you know what? I think I need to borrow your sari and blouse. Oh, amazing. And, <laughs> and with that, I uh, started performing with uh, my mother's sari and blouse. And after that, it's just been like <laughs> yeah, onwards and upwards. So yeah, it's been great journey so far. It's been going to be eight years now. So that's how I became my the Drag Queen.
0: And that's incredible. I mean, I think I've seen the pictures of you wearing your mom's sari. Is it the flowery one that you wear usually? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's, like, uh,
1: it's like a very stitched sort of sari. So it's like, it's amazing. And I think uh, I still look back to that uh, stage, you know, like, hey, that, that's, that was a different time altogether. Because yeah. I just went on stage just to have fun. There was no intention behind it like, oh my God, I'm going to do this for this. No, it's just to have fun. You know,
0: that's how it started. No, I I love that. I mean, I think seeing you and finding you somehow, I think I watched one of your TEDx talks, um, which I definitely recommend people to listen to because Alex, you've given like three or four, I think that really, really three. three. (laughs) It's a thought provoking, like very informative. I mean, as I started the show, because I didn't see anyone who looked like me in mainstream media, Western media, who wasn't like a trope, who wasn't, you know, played by a white person in brown face, or, you know, wasn't playing like the sidekick or the joke. And to see now that I can just go onto Instagram or go onto wherever, and I'm actually seeing people like me, you know, um, advocating for the LGBTQIA plus community or, you know, performing drag or, you know, whatever they're doing, like sex education or whatever. It's just, it's so inspiring. And so I guess my question is, you know, as you are South Asian and South Indian like me, how has that been for you? You know, you're also a member of the LGBTQIA community and it's still, I feel people can still be very, eh, about it.
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, Uh, what are the challenges, yeah.
1: So I'm going to start with. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure you know who's uh, Alok with Menon. Oh,
0: I love uh, Alok! My God.
1: Yeah. So God. Alok was doing a tour in India, and uh, guess who was the opening act of their tour? Like you know, in Bangalore, me. What? <laughs> I didn't <laughs> yeah. know. That. Oh my yeah. God! Yeah. yeah, That's yeah. So they. Uh, so um. It was also because they, they came from the same land that I was born in, and that's Kerala. So men and, and you, know, you, know, you know the whole jazz. So, yeah. uh, so I went up to them and I asked them, hey, hey, I need to know, uh, what more should I do? What, what do you think I should do better? And they said, uh, Alex, you need to keep, uh, you need to keep these things in mind. First of all, you are uh, South Indian. Uh, second, you're queer. Then three, you're a drag queen, and you are dark skin. These these things you need to fight on. These things like basically people are just going to look in this view, and they're just going to be like, oh, but you're like this, oh, but you're like that, and all that. So for me, eight years of whatever I've achieved is nothing short of hard work and determination and consistency, because mm. that's something which I've been. Like I've had doors shut on me too many times, far too many times, and I had to crawl into a fucking window to get into that opportunity.
0: (laughs) I love that. I'm just trying to imagine you like just in a window now. Just
1: (laughs) imagine if me dressed in a full blown sari, big guy's wig, getting into a window—that's me. You know. So uh, it 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 has been really hard because. you know, when I came into drag scene, I came with the whole idea of, hey, I'm going to represent uh, the mothers of India where they're wearing sari and they're going for a kitty party. And, you know, all of that, all the aunties, how they would, you know, suddenly swing, you know, their hair to just, you know, do a dramatic flare of the hair, flick of the hair and all that. So people just kept, you know, like misidentifying me, uh, always making misconceptions saying that, hey, Um, are you a transgender or are you a full-time processor just because of the things Mm. or or what I chose to be authentic you know being authentic in in India can be like taken for granted yes absolutely yeah being I think being authentic anywhere is always taken for granted I can't just tell India but at the same time it's the truth that counts and I'm, I keep reiterating, I keep repeating myself, I keep saying, sharing my journey. So um, there, there were instances where I was like, I was this close to making it to like Bay fashion week, but just because I have like, I don't have a petite body or uh, how I told you earlier that I don't have the appealing standards to you know be appealing to certain people yeah I was just being rejected and not because oh, oh my god we have to give this play person a place uh a proper time you know let's give this person a voice no it is just straight straight out rejection yeah and then you know we all wonder why is Bollywood so fair skinned <laughs> <Yeah>, wow <laughs>
0: colorism
1: <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to a ch- new chapter.
0: On <laughs> I mean, tell me more about that. I mean, you're saying like you didn't have these preferred, I guess, like these. I w- I don't want to say tick boxes, but unfortunately, societal. Yeah, tick so boxes, uh, but...
1: I I saw how people, uh, especially. I'm sorry. I'm gen. It sounds like I'm generalizing, but this is what I felt, and this is my opinion. But I feel. Yeah, a lot of people in North North Indians, um, I mean, North Indians, as in especially in Delhi, uh, have been harsh on people from South India. Like they either say you either be us or just get out. Oh, I
0: I agree. I don't want to generalize either, but from the majority experience that I've had, I mean, I'm 21 now and I feel like I have so much life to live, but in the life I have so far, the amount of discrimination I faced from people who look like me is more than that I faced from white people. From the country I live in, and it's it's
1: crazy, isn't it? Exactly. So you can imagine how uh, how much with magnifying glass was looked at me. So mm. you can imagine there were other drag queens too, but this person just came up to me and said, "Oh, everything is great except that you're not wearing eyelashes."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm like, "You're you're not clocking anyone else, but you're clocking me." Out of all the people, just because I'm being like I'm, I was. I think I was having a time of my life because champagne was flowing and I was just having time of my life. And I, you know, you know how it feels, right? You feel like the person just came to shut you down because you were having the time of your life. You're just being in your own thing. But I, I was not being nasty. I just said, okay, thank you for your criticism, and I just went on having a good time. But that thought just keeps running back in my mind. You know, uh, there, there's an under und incident which happened when I was young. And I think we, um, we have, like my um, dad's sister lives, still lives in Delhi. And I was really young as a small boy. Uh, we went to visit some relative there in Delhi. Um, and I came out because, you, you know how it is, like you don't want to sit and listen to boring relatives talk to each other. So the what I did is I come out and I start playing with the other boys in the street, and they purposefully just avoided me. They just mm-hmm. purposefully not trying to be close with me and all of that. And I I didn't understand like as a kid I don't we don't understand what is happening. Why is this two children like trying to single me out? And then that's when um you know they were they were just not. They're not ready to play with me. And I was just being very extroverted. I was trying to come very close to it. The next thing I know is that they throw mud at my face.
0: Oh, my God.
1: So this is in Delhi. This is like, so For when I look back to it, I was this like, is, this is a sort of, you know, like they, they just didn't like me as a person.
0: Uh... You know? I'm so sorry to hear that. I think especially when you're a kid to go through that, it's not only so confusing, like, as in, like, who the hell am I, number one. Yeah. Number two, it's just like, what am I doing so wrong that people don't like yeah. me just existing? You, you,
1: so you can imagine, as like, what is wrong with me that they throw mud at my face?
0: absolutely yeah sorry sorry I just keep looking backwards because there's a fly in my room and it keeps like buzzing in my ear (laughs) not because I'm not listening to your honestly very sad story what's
1: happening is somebody calling her no no
0: there's literally no one in this room there's just like a big fat fly so (laughs) okay (laughs) I just I don't like flies (laughs) I'm like you know you know house flies you know ease like they're just so relentless like Oh my God, just go. And it keeps just going. Zoo, <laughs> zoo, zoo. Like, I've only got my earphones on on one ear. So it keeps coming like. And it's just. Oh. It's not you at all, I promise. I'm not like talking to the ghost behind me. It's the
1: E. <laughs> like, what's happening? Why is she. I'm saying okay, Maybe somebody's calling her. No, 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 no. Okay, like... <laughs> so, you know, so you can imagine how that incident made me want to come to Delhi less, you know, like. I started associating a place with that drama. Like, oh, yeah. I know for a fact that, like, all those people hate me for some reason, you know, some mm. odd reason. Uh, but this is what it is. This is this is the truth about people from South India facing... Uh, I, I don't know what to call it. Can I call it racism? Like, it, this is a form of racism. It is. I-, I think it's,
0: like, inter... I don't know. I think there's a, f- a word for
1: it. Yeah.
0: Into something. But, but then you know, you know how
1: it is, right? You are uh, like discrimination. You are not, you are, I don't identify with you. Like, imagine, like we saying we don't identify with fair skin. And yet we are so uh, blatantly on it and over it. We want brides to look fair. We want the group to look fair. All of that shit is happening in this uh, day and age. But yeah. yeah, but this is what is happening. Like, you know like they just look at the color of the skin and make judgments so yeah
0: absolutely I think it's called internalized racism when you kind of yeah I guess like um it's also like yeah. oh you don't
1: look like me so I don't I don't relate like you,
0: to you. yeah oh, I don't it's like crazy. you I don't relate
1: to you mm. yeah.
0: yeah I mean I was just talking on the show the other day about you know uh, Like I'm pretty open about the experiences I had at school because it was a massive shock for me. Like I've lived in UK my whole life. And then we moved to Singapore for a while and I went to an Indian international school. And I mean there was a lot of South Indian people, but they were all like coincidentally the unpopular kids per se. And like no one could figure out what I was. Yeah, in Singapore, where like Tamil is actually an official language of the country, but it's still made to feel like it's a joke. And it's it's like I don't know it made me feel very ashamed of my own culture for a while because I love speaking Tamil like I love being Tamil I love just being South Indian like we're amazing okay but it's just it feels bad when they reduce you to a singular trope or a singular stereotype or just deciding that they won't interact with you in the same way just because you don't speak the same language as them it's 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 not nice especially when you see the same people then going on to be like oh my gosh I love K-dramas and I love money Heist. And I'm like, well, if you don't like talking to people who look like you just because they don't speak the same language, then maybe don't watch anything else. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. It's like
0: saying, don't speak English, don't watch, I don't know, movies. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, I
1: don't watch any Hollywood movie don't... Just don't watch
0: anything. <laughs> just, just spend time with people who just look like you, presumably, and talk like you. But
1: yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Like, so i it, like it, it's also the fact that i get annoyed when people spell uh kerala kerala is k-e-r-a-l-a but mm. they spell it as karela like, karela.
0: karela has
1: the the, 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 really? the vegetable with a goat uh. so i was like no that is not the right spelling <laughs> karela <laughs> i see Oh my goodness. So I'm like I, I get annoyed by certain things. I'm like, you know, and you know you know how it is, you not know, the age old stereotype that yeah. everybody in the South Indian uh, you know, states are all known as Madrasis. Oh I hate you know, that the,
0: mm. you know you know
1: you know it's it's that it's still happening. It's not, it's not like gone anyway. in. It's, it's not even
0: happening. a word, you know, like I don't even know what that means. And they also just classify all South Indians as a madrasi. Like they could be from Kerala, they could be from Telangana, they could be from anywhere. Yeah. But they kind of just yeah, all because, see us as yeah. like one
1: group, right? One group, exactly. exactly. Uh... But yeah, that this is, this is what it is. This is the truth. Um, and I think I've shared it from my angle or my true... I mean, my experiences
0: so yeah. yeah I mean absolutely thank you for sharing that and I think people talking more and more about it especially those who have a platform like yours it's so pivotal especially in normalizing it because I mean for a long time I thought I was the only one going through things like that I was like <laughs> this is just a me problem nobody else goes through this and then I spoke to my dad and my dad had faced things you know like these issues with adults and you know it, it, I was just like oh okay so maybe more and more people do actually go through this kind of stuff I mean you're a you're a very incredible educator and you've used your platform to empower people for so long and to educate us about not only issues like this but LGBTQIA issues and feminism and all sorts I mean what made you kind of take Maya the drag queen and make it into an educational platform as well
1: so uh this is where uh, you know when I started uh you know performing as a draft it's also the time around that time when the really horrible uh gang rape incident happened in delhi um uh, so i was like are people not educated enough to know that they have to respect each other's bodies like is that something which is weird so then i understood the crux of it is um people don't know anything about gender equality feminism and individualism these are all interconnected these are all they go side by side either. So uh, that's when I was like, you know, when, when I was performing, I used to see stories which is either interrelated to each other. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, after that, uh, section three was repealed and, you know, everybody was like, yay, we can have gay sex, you know, that sort of a <laughs> thing. So, but the, but the crux of it was uh, they what was supposed to happen was the government was supposed to introduce sex education to schools and colleges, which didn't happen. Like, it was like, no, it's not important. Let's just not do that. And that was where, where they went wrong because now nobody knows anything about gender. Nobody knows anything about sexuality. They think there are only two binaries and that is male and female. And then there's nothing else, you know? That's So when people come out to the world, they'll be like, oh, who are you?
0: Mm-hmm. Who are you?
1: I don't understand you, you know, that sort of thing. So that's when I made a conscious decision saying that, hey, you know, I'm going to go to schools and colleges and I'm going to speak about my journey. And I'm also going to give a a little bit of, you know, what the LGBT community is for and emphasize on sex education and then leave it up to the school and colleges to deal with uh, implementing it or not. At least I'm making the change through students. So, like, you know, if you look at my journey, I've gone to schools and I've taught in schools about various gender sensitization mm. workshops. And I've gone, and if you look at my all my three TEDx talks, I've done it only in colleges. So, mm-hmm. I've been doing things which I want to be like, hey, I'm consciously doing this so that I can make sure that the children of that college can take it forward and emphasize on sex education being really important. Because I don't want the future generation to be clueless about sexuality and gender,
0: yeah. and
1: you know, like we are—we are. I mean, in each day, uh, day that is passing by, we all being woke in some way or the other about gender, about our own gender, about our own sexuality. So I think everybody needs to know. Like even if you look at homophobia and transphobia, the crux of it is, uh, you know, ignorance. They don't know anything about the LGBT community and that is really important like people need to educate themselves about the LGBTQ community and know a lot more about gender at the same time.
0: Yeah absolutely and I think it's so important that you do speak to younger audiences because I know like especially as educators it can feel like you know you can't change everyone's mind like some people just they're just who they are but I think it's so important to you know, show the next generation of people that there are other ways to learn and there are other you know, forms of learning and there are other, you know, there are more binaries, like it's not just man, woman, there's pronouns, there's so many things to learn and unlearn, as you were saying when we were talking earlier. I mean, there's so much we need to do, but I think having the conversation and like just having conversations like this it just makes such a massive impact like I'm learning so much from this conversation more than I can learn from just like what like reading a book or reading an article not that they're bad but it's different when you're listening to people's lived experiences and I think you know I'm really really grateful that you even wanted to come here and like talk to me about all this stuff and I hope that my listeners learned something too but in the meantime, we must take a break. And uh, before we started, I asked you if you had a song that you would like to play. And if so, what would that be?
1: So uh, this is something, this is a cover that I did myself. Um, I mean, I, I, I wrote, um, I know, I'm pretty sure everybody knows Sia. Yeah. And it's uh, Sia's cheap rule. So I made a cover on it and I called it Drag Queens so drag queens <laughs> it's called as the song is called as drag queens and you can actually stream it anywhere it's there on apple music it's there on youtube it's there on instagram music so you can find it anywhere amazing so I think it should...
0: <laughs> well then here we go we're now gonna listen to drag queens and we'll be back after the break here's another song you've been trying to
1: forget It's Friday night and I won't be long Till I hit the dance floor, hit the dance floor I got all I need Well I ain't no macho, I ain't no macho But I'm a fierce drag queen Baby I don't need your hate to have fun tonight I love drag queens Baby I don't need your hate to have fun tonight I love drag queens I don't need no head Put my high heels on. It's Saturday and I won't belong till I hit the dance floor. Hit the dance floor. I got all I need. Well I ain't no macho, I ain't no macho, but I'm a fierce drag queen. Baby I don't need your hate to have fun tonight. I love Baby I don't need your hate to have fun tonight. I love
0: And we're back, and I hope you listened What well, I don't even know what I was just saying I hope you enjoyed listening to Drag Queens I will probably listen to it at the same time as you So, I'm very excited um, Now we're back with Alex And we were talking about all things to do with Maya And colorism and so much more And there's so much that you just have to rewind and listen to all of it again Because I can't recap it all <laughs> But <laughs> now we were talking about how Alex gives these wonderful talks and workshops to young people and as a cohort of young people and as a young person myself how would you say that we could be better allies to the drag community and the LGBTQIA community in general how could we be better allies even
1: first of all listen to their stories you should be willing to listen to them first and then support their voice like you know, empower them in a way that you share their stories. Like if you hear my, my story and if you see a video uh, or a podcast, uh, share it. Make people know that. See the the crux of it is when I was getting to know about my sexuality, I didn't. I was like, am I the lone wolf or am I the lone person in the in here? And that is something which we need to like you know break down because we are like we are not alone we are a huge family uh, we are ready to support each other so do that first empower and then mainstream them like let, put them up on talk shows put them up on newspapers put them up in any publication and talk about their stories so that is something which you can do as allies and you know whenever you see homophobia and transphobia which is blatantly being expressed on internet and which is being put uh, you know face to face i think as allies you should step up and protect people from the community at the same time because that is really important because you know sometimes we even if we are we should not fight a lonely battle at the same time so i think as allies that is something which is really important supporting your uh, community members.
0: Yeah absolutely and I think um, just adding on to what you said I think showing up for people that that's so important. I think it's easy to say that oh yes if I see some form of discrimination I will immediately react but it's harder said than done and I understand that but I think showing up for people is something that you can do like it's so impactful even if it's just to kind of show the person who is affected that you're gonna support them a little bit more. So I really encourage everyone to do that. Um, but thank you. Thank you for that. Yes. <laughs> what, do you, what do you see for the future of Maya, the drag queen? And for Alex Matthew, what's, the, what's upcoming?
1: So I would like to create a lot more content, which is basically movies and web series. Now, now, now that I told you that the inspiration, my go-to inspiration is movies and web series, mm-hmm. I would like to be like either acting or producing Um, you know content which is based for like movies queer content being the voice for the voiceless that's something which I want to be Um, and share their stories and you know tell them that hey we we are all in this together and give chances to queer uh, actors and actresses and gender fluid people at the same time that's something which I want to do amazing yeah yeah giving them a platform like that's what I aim to be.
0: Yeah and I think also again like I just I love that because I think we still see you know even in South Asian movies loads of queer people um, are still played by non-queer people and you know that representation even trans people like I think in recent movies there was some hubbub about you know very straight non-trans person playing a yeah uh, uh, a trans a woman, person
1: a woman played a trans role I... Right <laughs> You know the thing is, we keep saying, no, trans women are women, trans women are women. But this is literally, they just took the idea of say, oh, so that women can play trans women. Yeah. Role. And I'm like, yeah. no, this is not what we meant.
0: <laughs> I know, it's just like, okay, great. So you grasped one thing, but you still don't execute it properly. Congratulations. <laughs>
1: so basically they're running uh, what do you say argument is oh but they're not famous enough and i'm like are you then make them famous are you, you make them famous
0: <laughs> my god i guess the indian the indian film industry is one of the most corrupt weird polluted places Lepid, ever
1: Nepotism is like corroding <laughs> <laughs> corroding no but at the same body time
0: body. i still want to be part of the film industry so you know i just i guess to make it better maybe but uh yeah I, I totally get that i think i think we have such a long way
1: to go yeah we have a long way to go
0: yeah yeah what's your favorite movie
1: uh my favorite go-to movie has always been the color purple uh, oh. it's a book by Ooh. alice walker Yeah, and it was made by Steven Spielberg in 1980 or 1985 I'm not sure but it had like Whoopi Goldberg it had like Oprah Winfrey Danny Glover and they were all doing they were acting like they were really acting it out and it was Mm -hmm. really like based out of the book yeah so there, there is this line where it keeps ringing in my head and it's like she says, I may be poor, I may be black, I may be ugly, but dear God, I'm still here. Mm. And that is something which always stuck with me. And I'm like, people can say shit to me, but I'm still here. And I'm just going to do my, what is my purpose in life and just get the hell out of this. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, I get you. I, I love the, um, the musical as well. Like, I haven't watched it, but I... I, like, fell in love with, like, Cynthia Rivio's performance of, like, all of the songs and, like, the soundtrack is something to watch I just it constantly And apparently
1: the movie adaptation of the musical is coming out.
0: <gasps> oh, my gosh, really?
1: Yeah. Oh, that makes me so uh, So I, I know... Do you know Fantasia, the singer Fantasia? I
0: do, yeah.
1: Yeah, so she's playing Celia. Um, then uh, there is going to be Taraji B. Henson. <gasps> uh, An icon. Yeah, then mm. um, I think who else? I think one of the baby sisters is also going to be there, mm-hmm. playing as Nettie, I think. Uh, she's there. Then Coleman De- Domingo, oh my God, I love him to the core. I've never seen this movie called Zola. Uh, mm, it's on Netflix. I haven't. So,
0: so basically
1: the movie is based on a series of tweets. Where basically she's narrating the whole thing in tweets and they just made it into a literal movie.
0: Oh my God, I love it.
1: why have I never heard of this before I'm going to go check that out you you should watch it I I enjoyed it I kept laughing throughout because it's such a good movie because it's it's really (laughs) hysterical but at the same time that's i can i can so imagine this happening in the world you know that's all yeah you should
0: watch it i love that oh my gosh i am (laughs) actually gonna look it up now i wish i could talk to you for like another three hours because you're you're such a gem like i i think i'm in love with you now that's it it's done um but what would you say to anyone out there who might be struggling to you know, navigate their sexuality and their identity. Do you have any advice for them?
1: First of all, um, don't think you're alone. You you have you have a lot of people out there supporting you, rooting for you. Um, be strong and be um, and also learn more about the world out there, understanding the world out there. It might be difficult within family. You know the, how the family situation is, but always know that things get better and it's gotten better for me like look at me it's gotten better for me so it will get better for you just stay strong uh, and be kind to yourself I know we all tend to be hard on ourselves but be kind to yourself that's uh, the first step that you can take and yeah be strong.
0: I love that. Thank you for that. And thank you very much for coming on the show today. It was a pleasure. And I hope you come on again and again and again and again.
1: Just just drop me a DM and I'll be here. Oh, I will. <laughs> <laughs> I love chatting with you.
0: No, you're so fun, honestly. And like you have such a lovely laugh that I can't just like not also go. Ee! So <laughs> Um, Thank but, yeah. you
1: so much, uh, Like I'm, I'm so happy to be part of your show and I can't wait to share it through the entire world. And, <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, neither can I. <laughs> so until next time, Alex, I will see you later. See you. Bye. Bye thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Niller extract you can find this episode anytime you want on spotify apple Podcasts, soundcloud and all your major podcast streaming websites you can find these in the link in my instagram bio at the Niller extract and you can just google them too if you wanted to a massive thank you to our wonderful guests who came onto the show today i hope you learned something because
1: i certainly did and thank you to robert nettleton who thought of the name of the show today